And welcome everyone to Big League Dreaming, the podcast, a show about fulfilling your dreams and taking it to the next level. I am John Gonzalez. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. If you've never been around to this show, it's all about, like I said, fulfilling your dreams and taking it to the next level. It's a dad and his three sons kind of reliving the glory days of our baseball days. We do that a little bit every once in a while. But more than more importantly, it's a chance for us to stay in touch with each other, talk about the game we love so much, and uh, interview an occasional guest or two, or maybe even go on a road trip. Right, guys? We've been on a few road trips together. You could say oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> we have been on a few road trips. In fact, if you missed uh, our summer road trip, uh, where we went to three baseball, three major league baseball games in three different cities in 24 hours. You can go onto YouTube and check it out right now. Ty did an awesome job of producing all the video that we took on our summer road trip where we went to games in Baltimore, Milwaukee, Chicago. We even stopped in St. Louis for a little while, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, no was, baseball. That, was, that made it a little uh, interesting there. <laughs> yeah, no no baseball there, but we had a little layover in St. Louis, but we ended up getting to Milwaukee just fine. Well, we are going to introduce you, uh, well, before we introduce you to our guests, let's just say who's with us today. Son number one, Zach Gonzalez, say hello to everyone. Hey, hey, a uh, little chilly down here in Charlotte, North Carolina, but uh, looking forward to college baseball ramp it up next month. Uh, but yeah, just missing baseball in January pretty much, so I'm glad we get to talk baseball tonight. Zach, oh, I can't believe you're chilly in North Carolina. We're up here in Michigan <laughs> freezing our you-know-what's off. Um, that is son number one. He's also a big Seattle Mariners fan. We'll talk about his Mariners at some point, I'm sure. Uh, son number two is also on the podcast today. Say hello to everyone, Ty. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to season four. This is the first episode of the season of the new year, season yeah. four of Big League Dreaming, the podcast. We got a great guest today. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I am too. I can't wait to tell you how I met this guy, uh, because you guys have never met him before, but we should also say hello. Real quick to son number three, who's not uh, on the podcast today. His name is Zane Gonzalez. Ty is the Red Sox fan. I'm sorry, Ty is the Mets fan. Whoops. Uh, and uh, son, son number three, Zane, is the Red Sox fan. He is actually in South Bend, Indiana, as the associate head coach there at IUSB. He is also the recruiting coordinator, and they are getting on a plane shortly here to head to Dallas for the big national convention. So we're excited for him. I can't wait to hear what he has to say and what he's learned at the national convention for baseball coaches across the country. So college coach, hard at work. So joining us on the program today is uh, someone I've known for more than 10 years, although we haven't spent a lot of time together. Well, welcome <laughs> welcome to the show, Scott Salo. How you doing, Scott? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Ready to go. You got me all jacked up here with this baseball stuff. Let's go. I know it is. Uh, it is early January, twenty twenty four, and we're talking baseball already. There's never an off season, right, Coach? Never an off season. That's one. Yeah, you know, that's one of my pieces that uh, hopefully the folks will pick up on next Friday night is to to do it right and to do it effectively. There's no no off season. It's uh, it's game on around the clock, even at the high school level. Even at the high school level, for sure. And Zach and Ty that are on the podcast for today. Uh, we'll we'll have a lot to say about high school baseball, but uh, you mentioned the the uh, Michigan coaches uh, convention that's coming up uh, next weekend, January twelfth and thirteenth at Soaring Eagle Casino, Mount Pleasant. You are one of the speakers, one of the many speakers. Uh, your presentation is at seven forty five to eight thirty. Heart of a champion, building a championship program. Uh, you know a little bit about that, Mr. Salo at Homer. I mean, you've been there. You were there for what twenty years? Oh, probably. 
probably almost 25 years between my time as an assistant coach and then you know, uh, 20 years probably as a head coach. So yeah, I'd, I'd say 25 year run there, outstanding. And your your brother was actually the head coach first. You were the assistant coach, right? Yeah, he he was. Yeah, which maybe we'll get to during the segment. But what a what a cool piece that was to be an assistant coach for your brother for five or six years. He then got out of baseball, raised his family, and then I got him back out of retirement to be my assistant coach in 2005. And remember, we won a state championship in 04. He was not a part of that. We've got the streak going, you know, at 75 games there. And he's on that 2005 team in the dugout with me. And, of course, uh, we lose that state championship game and uh, the national streak comes to an end. So finally in 06, we win our first state championship together. Uh, as siblings, as I know Zach and Ty can appreciate that for sure. Well, of course, uh, Scott Salo is talking about the the legendary Homer baseball team, this small little town, 1,700 people uh, in a small town of south southeast Michigan. Uh, it is a, a little blip on the map, and, and not a lot of people know about Homer, although you know you got so much attention during that winning streak on a national level. You're even on, the, on ESPN. You know, um, and we can, where there's all that stuff to talk about, of course, right? Yeah. But 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 I know people want to ask and ask those questions. I'm sure Ty and and Zach have questions about what it was like to coach that program during that time because they've also coached quite a bit themselves. But uh, let's talk real quick about this presentation you have coming up at Soaring Hill Casino on Mount Pleasant. Um, what 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 are some of the things you you hope to uh, people will come away with? Yeah, you know, so it's uh, obviously as a fan of the game and student of the game, and 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 I, I appreciate and applaud all of the efforts that uh, you and your family. I, I just since I knew that I was coming on the show, I flipped through some some scrapbooks there and looking at pictures of my brother and dad and grandpa, certainly my early influences in baseball. And so this is this is hitting close to home for me. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's stuff that in my 25 years that I've taken. Uh, from other coaches, certainly from my high school and my college experience at Spring Arbor University with the legendary Hank Burbridge, and just stuff that fits my philosophy, that fit the uh, the culture and the climate of our kids at Homer. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it's one of the great things about going to coaching conventions is uh, you, you can just pick up so much. But I, I always caution, especially young coaches, that you can't just take everything just for the sake of taking everything. It has to fit your philosophy. So uh, there may be some things that sound great, but it maybe just doesn't fit what you're looking for. So uh, yeah, we're going to touch on environment, culture, climate, leadership, communication, teamwork. Uh, so what I've done is I've broken my presentation into each of the seven innings of a high school baseball game. So each of the innings will have a different topic and uh, just giving you some life examples from uh, my experience growing up all the way through my uh, my run there at Homer. You run it at Homer. It is impressive. And we talked a little bit about that. Uh, your career record, by the way, at Homer, uh, 561 wins, 128 losses. Your career coaching record, 577, 157, uh, 786 percentage. Zach, you know, you're a numbers guy. You must love love those numbers, right? <laughs> it's hard to even, like, understand, like, how many games that really is. Like, filling up, filling out a lineup card you know, over 600 times and you win 500 of them. Ridiculous. Uh, I can't even understand that. Um, yeah, super cool. Super cool to meet you, Scott. Same here. Uh, Same here. Appreciate it. And I graduated uh, high school in 2007. Oh, you were, I, you were right there. Yeah. And I went to Jackson Community College uh, for my freshman, sophomore year where I got to learn a lot of those like Southeast schools because uh, I never, growing up in 
Grand Rapids, I hadn't really heard of many of those kind of powerhouses like Blissfield and yeah. Lumenkisty and schools like that. And we did have a kid from uh, Homer, CJ Finch, was my teammate for two years. I, which I will say, on the record, the greatest leadoff hitter in Michigan high school history, CJ Finch. He was our leadoff guy at Jackson, and we won the conference. Uh, there you go. Right here. Um, but yeah, I, I was just thinking about, I saw it was uh, 88 consecutive home wins for you guys and 98 regular season consecutive wins. Was there like a point in that run where you were like kind of nervous, you know, early on, like, oh man, we got something going here, 20, 30, 40. Did you hit like a number where you were just like, okay, like pressure's off. We've already hit 60. Like, this is crazy. Like, what what was that like? Yeah, you know, it. it we won our first 20 game. Let me go back to 2003. So this has been CJ's freshman year. We started five freshmen. Uh, that 03 season, five freshmen. And, and, you know, Homer's been a top 10 team for many, many years prior to that. And so uh, we rolled out a really young roster and we lost a regional final. And I just remember the look, and it's always the hard as a coach, and you guys have experienced this as student athletes and as coaches, that last time that you have with your student athletes. So we were over at Michigan Center High School. We just lost to Reading High School at a regional final. And usually it's, you know, everybody's in tears. They're upset. You say goodbye to the seniors. You're collecting uniforms and planning a pizza party. And and that 03 group was just different, man. That 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 huddle down in the, the right field line was just different that day. They were upset. They It was less emotional, teary. It was more emotional. We've got more to prove. And who would have thought we'd rattled off, you know, 75 games? Nobody would have thought that. But in all form, I think it was our, our 20th win. We were 20 and 0 when it finally started to register with the social media people around us, it got our attention. All of a sudden, people were down at our practices and videotaping our practices. And, and from 20, man, through 75, it was just a whirlwind. But, you know, along the way, there was this the state streak of 56, whatever it was. But, man, at that time, we're just trying to win a state championship in 04. You know, we had never done it. And then 05, you want to repeat. And so only now and years after, can you sit back and just like you were just rattling off, you make out a lineup 600 times and you win 500. I mean, that's Disney World stuff. Now that, that stuff that belongs in the Magic Kingdom. It's just, it's just not real. Um, but uh, just blessed to have so many great kids and so many great memories. But it, it's interesting, and you guys know this as coaches, so many wins. And I and certainly I remember uh, the highlight ones. But man, those losses, 120. And I remember those stinking losses, man. They stick with you. They sure, they sure do. Ty, uh, I, did you ever uh, have any players from the Homer area when you played at Kalamazoo Valley? Uh, I don't think so. A lot of our players were kind of like the Portage, Kalamazoo, Plainwell, Otsego area, kind of, kind of Southern Michigan, more so. Yeah, we've we've had some kids that are more recent, but not probably probably when Ty played. No. Okay. Well, you still we talk about that the era that. Um, 2003 to 2006, Homer baseball went 143 and six. So yeah, you would remember those six losses pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, I could rattle those off pretty well. I mean, it, and three of them I think were in, uh, or four of them were in 03. I mean, that was the bulk of them. Uh, we lose zero in 04. We lose the state state championship game in 05. And 06, we only lose to Grand Ledge in the Diamond Classic. So four of those six losses were with that 03 team that, again, started five freshmen. So 
uh, yeah, quite a quite a run with that group, and just so proud of their uh, their efforts and what you know. I, I've always said this up and down the lineup. I had all staters. I mean, and we were a Class C school, you know, Division three school, and so I, I, I'm throwing out on a double header two kids that are 88 to 90. I'm throwing non conference with a kid that's throwing 88 to 90 as well. So uh, the hardest part I think for me during that era was just trying to figure out a way to spread the limelight. So everybody felt so good in a part of that program and that run. So it wasn't just Josh Colmetter and CJ Finch and Dan Holcomb and Dale Cornstubble and Dusty Compton and all those guys. And so making out the lineup was relatively easy. We just didn't make many changes, obviously, but uh, who was going to talk to ESPN? Who was going to talk to Mitch Album? You know, those were things that really our coaching staff really had to pay attention to. So everybody felt invested. Uh, so that was probably the more difficult part. Sure. The guys have some questions ab about that era as well. Before before they ask, I do want to talk about baseball today because you have this, you know, you're going to be speaking to the to today's coaches. It's 2024, right? And the game has changed, I think, a lot since 2020, 23, right? 2003. Um, today, yes, that game is different 20 years later than it is today. Um, you're, but you were able to, to be successful even in this era, right? Your last last game at home as the coach was 2019, yeah. and you win another state championship. Another state championship, yeah. What, 13 years in between, that was a long, long drought, but... I think one of the I'd have to go back and look, and uh, I think one of the things I'm so proud of is outside of that 2003 to six era. Certainly, we had four great, great seasons. I think we had, I believe it was ten different teams. Wrap your head around that. Ten different teams ranked at one point number one team in the state. So that's taking a lot of different student athletes and getting them to that level, including you know that 2019 group that. Uh, uh, beats a powerhouse university league at four nothing in a state championship at Michigan State. Unbelievable. Uh, Zach, or Ty, you have any quick questions about just the whole time during that era or today even? Yeah, so you got the uh, big convention coming up that we've been talking about, and uh, we've had a lot of players on this podcast recently, and we usually ask them, like, what advice you have for players coming up trying to make it to the next level. Uh, what advice would you have for maybe coaches just starting out or just getting their feet wet, like in coaching, like what advice would you have for them? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's one of my favorite things about the convention is I think there's something for everyone, the young coaches, the coaches that have, you know, had, you know, a little bit of a, a coaching tenure and certainly the experienced coaches. But I, I think I said it earlier, know what it is you want to accomplish, have a roadmap and a course uh, planned out in your head. So you know that you're not going to waver too much from that. I knew early on, and part of that was from my days at Monroe High and at Spring Arbor, uh, probably even more importantly, that's really where I felt like my foundation was laid as a coach, that I just knew what I wanted, and so I wasn't going to stray from it. So we had, um, you know, the, the culture and climate piece was important to us and how we spoke to the kids and how they spoke to uh, their parents and to the social media. And, uh, we talked about you know, Homer Mathematics. That if you're a good student and you're a good person, we'll make you a good player. And uh, I think that that translates even to today's game. Uh, leave no stone unturned. Uh, we focused on the small things. I don't know that many high schools do. I hope they do. Uh, but part of ours, much like a football, hopefully uh, hopefully our Michigan team is doing that right now, getting ready for Washington, working on their special teams. Uh, but for us, it was 
offense, defense, and then those special teams. And we spent just as much time on first and third plays, ball coverage, just pickoffs, rundowns, all of that had to be important to us. And and, and I'll, I'll share this with you. Matt Dillon, who played at Hillsdale, uh, played a reading and then went to Hillsdale College, I think at one time had the longest consecutive hit streak in Michigan high school history. He was in our conference. And it was after a senior year. Uh, I was done seeing him for four years. He was just a great, great kid and a great player. But he gave our program, I think, the greatest compliment. And, he's, and we're done shaking hands. He gives me a hug and said, Coach, I got to tell you something. He said, I tell my teammates and our coaching staff, every time we play Homer, Homer's leading 2 nothing before we get off the bus. Well, and I said, Matt, I said, that's good stuff, man. You got to explain that to me. And he said, just the way that everything matters, the way you take your pregame, the way your shirts are tucked in, the way that you guys handle the umpires, everything matters. Homer's up 2 nothing. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, to have Michigan football up 7 nothing on Washington next Monday. I mean, uh, that is priceless. So to have uh, somebody that I respect as a, as a ball player, as a person, say that, and we use that, yeah, I use that all the time in my life, is doing all of those things correctly gives you a 2 nothing advantage at that interview, right, at that business meeting. Uh, it's beyond baseball that that 2 nothing lead uh, I think uh, uh, is a factor in for sure. Well said, uh, Zach. You probably uh, can relate to a lot of that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it kind of remind me of like this joke that we would have at Davenport with Coach Kevin Tidy and and Wes yeah. Cummings. That they they'd be like, guys, college baseball in Michigan is cold, but you know what? It's five degrees warmer when you're winning. Absolutely. It's good. I, I use that on the guys, you know, they, oh, coach, it's, you know, it's snowflakes outside. We can't practice. Not, I'll stop them right there. I'll say, guys, I checked the schedule before we came down to practice. I'd looked at it again. 100% of our games were played outdoors this year. They like, good. All right, coach. Good point. Good point. Let's go. Let's go. That's good. I like that. That's good. Uh, coach, you could probably go all day on this, but I want to ask you about the recruiting process, uh, just because of like your tenure of, of coaching, you know, what it was like, uh, as a head coach in those early 2000 days, um, talking to colleges, getting kids placed compared to what it was like 17, 18, 19, talking to colleges, getting kids placed. I mean, recently you saw Orchard Lake, St. Mary powerhouse, D one guys up and down yep. commits, um, that was probably thanks to our friend of the show, Brian Sikowski, who was on staff there, who was perfect game hooking him up, but <laughs> who now is at Duke. So congrats to yeah. Brian on the new role uh, yeah. as player development at Duke. But, but yeah, like what was it like, you know, did you have very many D one guys in those early 2000 days compared to today where like guys are able to just kind of go all over the country? What was it yeah. like? Yeah. You know, for, for us, I, I think it goes to, uh, it speaks to relationships and again, back to the convention next week, but, um, having it, and I think baseball, as you guys know, you're a baseball family. I, I think baseball is just a unique piece. You know, it's a unique thing that there's there's truly a brotherhood within the coaching ranks and then the player ranks. And I'm not, I'm sure other sports feel that same way, but for baseball, it, it certainly really feels uh, just in depth. And, and so I think establishing those relationships with those college coaches, going to the conventions, going to those camps and clinics, speaking at those camps and clinics, working at the camps and clinics. Uh, I think that helped. And then I knew when I had a really good player that was ready at the D1 level, and my first one was Josh Colemetter, uh, who finally hit the radar his senior year. I mean, he had some small offers and smaller schools. And then finally, when we played Blissfield in the quarterfinal over at Howell, and 
up and down the fence row as everybody, Michigan, Michigan State, Central. I mean, everybody was there. And uh, I think from that point, I understood better the whole recruiting process of what I needed to do as a coach to help put my kids in the best position possible. And and then a couple of years later, uh, Dale Cornstubble and Dan Holcomb call Mr. Baseball in 06. Uh, Danny goes down to Evansville. Dale goes to Central Michigan with Josh. And, um, you know, so those, I, I think Josh helped to, and certainly our success, uh, I think was a magnet for college coaches saying, hey, coach, every year they would check in with me. What do you have this year? And uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, just having that relationship with them. And uh, we were, we've been blessed in this state to have so many quality college coaches that really are connected to the high school coaches. And I don't know that every state can say that. Hopefully they can down in Carolina. But uh, I really felt that here, that any time, whether it was Rich Maloney at Michigan or, or uh, uh, Jake at Michigan State or, or, or Gordy Tyson or, or whoever, it was just like they were a phone call away. And um, uh, that, was, that, was, that was a pretty cool experience to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm curious along that route because, let's face it, baseball and again going back to like it's different 10 years ago 20 years ago you know when i first met you i'll tell a story real quick here i don't know if the boys know this story you know i was working for uh mlive.com and uh my whole i was doing a series of stories of picking these little uh, these towns around michigan and seeing if people could predict where i was and i would give them little hints or whatever but i purposely picked homer for for a reason. So I went to Homer and spent two or three days there to get to know the community and then write about it, right? And I picked Homer be because of the baseball, right? This was 2013. So I already knew of the story. I had read the book the, about your, you know, your, all, your winning streak and, you know, which was a great book, by the way, and a good read. If you're into baseball, just take a look <laughs> at this thing. It's just, it talks about baseball in a small town. But um, because I'm from a small town in our school district here, in Grand Rapids, this is really small in Comstock Park. Um, I felt like the message was moving in the direction of like, you need to be at, you know, a D1 school. You need to get recruited and go to a D1 college. You know, you, all these things were like moving in that direction, what it feels like today, right? Travel baseball is is a must. You All these things you have to do to get there. And I always felt like you can be from a small town like Homer. You can go to a small you know, D1 school or D2 or D3 or NAI school, the 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 scouts will find you if you are blessed and you have that talent and you have the drive and energy. I would rather tell parents, be in a good baseball community. You know, if I lived in the Homer area, I'd say, I want all my sons to go to Homer. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, exactly. It, uh, it, it We've had so many kids. And uh, I'll speak to the Homer's, culture, the climate, the support from the school, the support from the community. You felt it, John, in 2013. Um, there's something special, and I've said it for years, there's something special about that place. And uh, for, for years, not just on the baseball end, but they they wrapped their arms around those student athletes and those kids. And um, I mean, and how fitting, and it didn't really hit me at the time, but I mean, how cool of a baseball community is Homer? I mean, if you're going to pick a name for a village, let's go. I mean, you got to have Homer. And with our short porch in right field, I mean, come on, it's the Homer Dome there, right? I mean, so it's perfect. But yeah, we've we've had kids. I mean, most recently, I've had three or four kids at Concordia University that had a great experience with Zach Johnston there and won league championships and played at the Christian Nationals and 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 done some great things there. So uh, you're right. It, the the talent, 
Uh, I think the college coaches will find it. Uh, certainly the high school coaches need to help their student athletes with that uh, process. I love that part of it. I love it now. Uh, I still have former kids reach out and say, hey, coach, what can you do for me? And I love that part of it. But uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 field of dreams, right? You build it and they will come. And, and we were able to do that, uh, you know, brick by brick in Homer and um, and hopefully good things uh, going forward. Uh, just just recently, they uh, named uh, co-head coaches to my former players that were on that 2019 state championship team. So uh, looking forward to seeing what those guys can do with the program going forward. Folks, if you're just tuning into Big League during the podcast, we're talking to Scott Salo. He is, uh, I would say, a Hall of Fame coach, but pick a, pick a Hall of Fame. I mean, it could be the National High School <laughs> Baseball Coaches, could be Michigan, could spring, be Spring Arbor Hall of Fame, Homer Hall of Fame. I mean, they, pick a Hall of Fame. He's in it. Maybe the Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll. I, I'm working on that one, John. I'm working on that one. I love my music, brother. I love my music. I know you do. Um, I got a question for the boys, actually, and, and this will be fun. You'll love this question. All right. Scott. All right, uh, Ty, and we'll start with you and Zach. You can answer afterward. When you, when you, when you were, when you were a player or a coach, and you showed up at the field and you watched the other team take their infield practice before a game, and they just killed it. They just, they didn't make one mistake. They were flawless, and their coach, <laughs> they were like a fine tuned, you know, machine. What did you think as a player and coach watching that team, Ty? Um, I'll start as a coach because the teams I coached, uh, weren't very good. So when I, <laughs> when I would see that, I would, uh, sadly think, yep, we're getting mercy today. <laughs> Sad, but true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it would set the tone. I, I dis distinctly remember the school. I'm trying to remember the name. It'll come to me right. Scott, it'll come to me right after we log off. Right. It's all uh, I was I was coaching club baseball uh, for Coastal Carolina University, and we had this JUCO team come down. Sometimes we would play junior colleges um, as a as a club team for the NCBA, and this team came down, and they were from New York, I believe. And these guys had like a bunch of Latinos on their team, and they were all super quick hands on the infield, turning these double plays, and they were all stretching like the same way and stuff. And the club kids, you know, they're just, they pay to play on the team. They're not scholarship kids. So they're just, my guys are just showing up and they're like, what are we, are we playing this? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. We, we held our own for a little bit, but they definitely, they definitely got us in the end. Well, Ty, Ty, you'll probably remember this one when we were, we were in a tournament at Grand Valley, I think it was, and we were playing a team from Canada. You remember this Ty? Oh Yeah. And they came out, they had their own personal trainers. They had oh, training yeah. tables. Um, they, I think each player had a personal personal training coach because they were doing stretches like with multiple people. And we were all like, instead of being intimidated by this, you'll love this guy. Instead of, instead of our team being intimidated, they're like, we're going to beat that team. I'm, yeah. like, I'm, it, I'm like, as the coach, and I'm like, as the coach go, like, there's no way we're going to beat that team. And I think, Ty, right, we were down like, 15 to nothing, 18 to nothing, like in the third inning, it was going to be one of those early exits. Yeah. And somehow we came back to take the lead. No and, kidding. And in, because we were the home team, a time limit out because so many runs were scored <laughs> and they didn't have a chance to come back and score because they, and they were so mad. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> take that you and your trainers. <laughs>
<laughs> Scott, no, how did you get this idea in your head? Because if you watched a Homer team under your tutelage, yeah, take infield practice, it was a thing of beauty. People, people would show up early, right, to yeah. watch your team take infield before a game. Yeah, I, I think uh, if you read the book, um, I think a lot of coaches were interviewed and, and mentioned that they just refused to watch, let their teams watch for that uh, for that reason. It was just imp- if if done correctly, it was for me as a coach. It was my favorite part of the game. I mean, because that's all I get to do. I mean, I get to go down and stand at third base and hopefully wave some guys in and and, and don't get them blown up at the plate. But uh, but yeah, hitting pregame was my highlight, man. Especially you know, you get into districts and regionals, and the crowds build, and then all of a sudden you're at the state championship, man. And you're sprinting out there with your fungo. But uh, but I'll tell you about the pregame. So obviously well rehearsed, but we did it to music, and so I knew. I knew where we should be in our routine based where we were in the song. So we would break out of our huddle with Crazy Train because you got to have Ozzy Osbourne Crazy Train when the Homer kids are sprinting out of the huddle. And so now we're about four and a half minutes in, and then we should just be getting into some of our, we're done with the outfield piece, we're in the infield piece, and then we go to uh, Thunderstruck with ACDC. And so I know, I hear it, and I know that I'm done with my left fielder or I'm done with my third baseman. And yeah, you know, and, and the kids knew I wasn't very happy at the end of pregame if we if we messed up my music. So, uh, but uh, no, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things to do uh, in baseball. Was uh, yeah, if done well, and you guys have seen it on both ends, good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, man, it's it's something to watch when you see guys laying out there. And I tell you, there, there's an art to it as a coach, man. You got to hit that fungo just right. If you're looking at a backhand stab from your shortstop, you got to put it there in the hole. That's not easy either, you know. And then, and then my final one, you know, trying to get the catcher pop up when you got three thousand people at Michigan State ready to watch you blow it, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, good stuff, man. It brings back a lot of memories. That hitting free game was my favorite. No, I, I, I don't. I'm not surprised by that because it is the one time you get to go out there and say, "This is my team, folks." <laughs> and, and then on 14th tie, this is my team, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, Dad, Thunderstruck and Crazy Train sound a little bit better than. At Jackson, Rick Smith playing Brad Paisley album every time Rick, we Rick, Rick. before the game. That's why. That's why I stopped sending kids to Rick. Man, Rick, you got to update your music, brother. Let's go. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, we love uh, Rick. Jack- it's okay. We love Rick's, Rick. Yeah, yeah, Rick's great. Yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of kids go to Jackson and play. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Zach, uh, anything else you want to add before you let Mister Salo get ready to? Uh, Think about relive those pregame warm up a day yeah. at home or baseball. You have me all jacked up. I'm not going to sleep tonight now. I remember, uh, I think I was at Davenport and the, our pitching coach told us not to watch the other team take BP because these dudes were huge and they were just all hitting home runs. They were like, all right, we're going away on the other side. Like, we're not watching them because, yeah. And it was like one of the most impressive BPs, apparently. I didn't get to see it, but one of the most apparently best BPs we've ever seen uh, up against us. I went and beat them. Shut yeah. them down. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, I wouldn't want my, so I didn't let our team watch the other team take pregame good, bad or indifferent. I mean, Ty mentioned some of the pregames are not very well done. I didn't want my kids to see that either. I wanted them to just think every team was the Yankees, man, or the Red Sox or or whoever you guys are rooting for now. I was a I was a Diamondback fan with, with Josh pitching in the pros there for a little bit, but uh, I'm a Tigers diehard. But yeah, I, I told my kids out behind the dugout, so you're not watching that nonsense, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, we're just, we're here. We just take care of ourselves. We're going to be okay today. Well, what are you up to now, coach? I, I, I mean, you, 
have taken a couple of years off coaching now. I mean, are you close to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or what are we talking here? Yeah, you know, I, I thought about it. So, you know, here, here's my rock and roll experience. So, I, I, I'm jealous of your guys' father and son trip. I watched that whole video, man. I was cracking up laughing. <laughs> so, I, I want to do something similar. So, I've been to a lot of major league stadiums chasing Josh around when he pitched for the Diamondbacks and the Braves. But I've never been to Wrigley, with the exception of seeing the Foo Fighters. So that is my Wrigley experience of seeing the Foo Fighters at Wrigley, the greatest outdoor concert ever, by the way. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm third, uh, third year at the Summerfield Schools. I'm back in my hometown here at Monroe, and yeah, I, I get the coaching itch. Maybe I'll coach again. Hopefully, somebody's watching this podcast and gonna say, "Man, we got to have that dude on our sideline again." Let's go. If nothing else, tell some jokes and get pregame. Uh, we'll see. I, I. I I'll tell you this. I don't think I've coached my last game. So uh, we'll, we'll see what's in store for me. Love that. Wow. Wow. Ty, anything else from you, buddy? Uh, yeah, we'll just wrap up with something real quick. Um, all the wins aside, you know, all the records aside, what do you hope that your players learned from their time with you the most? Yeah, you know, that's a great, great question, Ty. And it, it is by far the greatest uh, compliment I think that you can be given you know that that title of of father brother son and and, and certainly coach and and all of that great stuff you know it uh, um, to be invited to your player's wedding or to get a Merry Christmas or a Happy New Year or uh, here's what I'm doing now coach and uh, to know that uh, outside of the wins and losses that there was a relationship that was built um, on respect and trust and honor, honesty and sincere, uh, sincerity. And um, I, I hope those lessons, those life lessons, and, and baseball is beautiful at that. You know, there's so many parallels that you can make in the game of baseball, and you guys have experienced that and continue to experience it. That uh, hopefully when they think back to their time, they think of not just the games played, but those practices, those bus trips, the trips to Florida, um, the times – uh, of, of victory, the times in defeat, uh, talking about that 05 game, you know, for me as a coach, we're, we're down 7-6 to Saginaw Nouvelle. I mean, our streak now is one pitch away. We haven't lost a game in two years. Some of these kids have never lost a game in high school. And so I'm thinking about, have I prepared my kids for what might just happen? And so we ground out to second with a tying run at third, Throws over at first, and my first thought as a coach was I turn around and look at my dugout. Uh, we were in the third-base dugout, and I just wanted to see our kids' response. And I can tell you, I've never been so proud of our kids. Uh, not one bat thrown, not a helmet spiked. It was certainly tears, um, and then congratulatory handshakes to the team that was better than us that day. And and I'll remember this. I got a phone call um, sometime between now and getting to the bus, and there was somebody from the community and said, hey, coach, we kind of thought you were going to win today. We've got all of the fire trucks lined up. Do you want this police and fire truck escort back into town? And it took me a split second to say, absolutely, absolutely. And so it took me about half the drive back home from Battle Creek to get the kids to buy into it and say, hey, man, you're local heroes, man. You won 75 games in a row. You have a state record, a national record, your state, some, you know, you, you lost in the, in the state finals, but Man, I'm proud of you guys and proud of how you handle yourself. So uh, your question, Ty, I hope there are better young men and fathers um, having been in our program. And if they can say that, then I've done my job. 
Love it. Well said. Yeah, well, well said. I'll tell you, there's nothing more gratifying when you're at the gas station and you're getting the big gulp or a Slurpee. Yeah. And all of a sudden you hear in the back, hey, coach. It's the best. Know? It's the best. You know, that's that makes it all worth it. So yeah. his name is Scott Sello, folks. He is going to be speaking on Friday, January 12th at the Michigan High School Baseball Coaches Convention. Uh, he'll be speaking on uh, his theme will be Heart of a Champion, Building a Championship Program, which is kind of interesting for a guy that had double bypass, double bypass heart surgery, right? Yeah, that's that's the heart part. Yeah, you got it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I had to get that in there somehow, you know. That was good. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, well, we hope to have you again, right? What do you guys think? Should we have him back again sometime? Absolutely. I, I think they, I don't know who's calling the shots here, Todd. You got the headphones, man. I think you look legit. I think this has got to be like, this has got to be like once a month, man. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. We got to be once a, once a month with the Gonzalez kids here. Let's go to work. I love it. Love it. Got to get Zane in here, Dad. I know. We're oh, missing no. Zane. My brother, where's Zane at? He's, he's <laughs> national now, so. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining the podcast. Ty, where can people get more information that they want to follow the show? Yep, you can follow us on TikTok at Big League Dreaming. We're on X, formerly known as Twitter, at BLD Pod. That's at BLD POD. And of course, check us out on YouTube, Big League Dreaming, the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah, thank George, you, guys. Hey, before you go, people can yeah. follow you too, right? Because you have a, you have, you're all over the internet. I'm well. all over the place. Follow me on Facebook, man. You're going to see pictures of me, the school, maybe right now. I, my my grandson is five months old tomorrow. Best looking kid in Michigan. Let me just tell you. Uh, so you'll see a lot of stuff that's happening. So and we do and we do a morning show, John. You know about my morning show, brother. We'll be back on seven a.m. tomorrow. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you.